This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by David Moore and Evan Grant. Benjamin Robinson running the, the board for us in there. Thank you, Benjamin. Kevin seems a little distracted at the moment. He's distracted. Well, we're not talking about baseball anymore, so he's just going to tune out. He doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. You know, one time in, on, one of, something? on a podcast we had in here, David, you weren't here that day. On the podcast we had in here, which was on the air, by yes. the way. Evan fell asleep. <laughs> I looked over. Evan's sitting there like this. I thought, really? You do realize that the cameras are rolling. I'll just say this about that. <laughs> yes. Your voice does for me things that even your words can't do. Wow. That's a shot. Yeah. So are you saying you've never fallen asleep reading one of his columns? No, I have. It's just it's much quicker. With, yeah, uh, that's when what he, he starts talking. I, I picked up on that. Thank you, David, for making him say that out loud. Sure. Um, all right, so we're going to talk about those Cowboys. Uh, and uh, so Randy Gregory is signed through 2045. Uh, <laughs> a slight exaggeration, a slight? maybe a little hyperbole. Oh, no, point. no. And I'm just wondering if, if by 2020, how many games Randy will have played in? He's, he's, he's signed through 2020. That's what everyone has to wonder. I'm going to say he's going to have played in five games. Put the over-under? You put the over-under at five? No. No, I'll say 15. That would be less than one full season out of two? Yeah. 15 is probably a good, pretty good place to set the over-under. Yeah. Oh, well, I got to say this. Obviously, they like Randy. He's obviously a very likable guy, and 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 a guy who uh, is a productive player when he's on the field, uh, and apparently a good teammate. Uh, and and so uh, I, I wish him all the best in, in all this and, and trying to get uh, things straightened out in his life. Uh, I don't know how much. I know people feel like uh, is this is an addiction. Is this something that, that Randy does? to medicate himself for his anxieties. You know, I'm not qualified to say which is which. Uh, I, I think it's more towards the latter, if I were to guess. Uh, but uh, I do think this is something that the NFL is going to move toward. Uh, as you and I discussed earlier, uh, the, the collective bargaining agreement runs through 2021. Yeah, 2021 this will come up. And this will be a major, this will be a significant part. I, with where society is headed, with where uh, – what the medical consensus is now on a lot of this. Um, yeah. And, and look, th this isn't the issue in the other leagues that it is in the NFL, which yeah. is a constant source of consternation for the owners. Uh, they keep asking, why are we, why are we creating these issues for ourselves that other leagues do not have? Yeah. Uh, this is self-imposed. Why are we doing this? Why are we behind the times on what the medical, uh, community says? Uh, 
all of that being said, they're still going to give it to the players at the cost of them getting some money or some other freedom that they would want to have. But that's what but, but this do. is going to change. This will change, and and you've already seen a change in in, in Randy. I mean, there was a point where um, this is the. I mean, he's failed five tests now since he's been in the league, that are, are are not you know not been available for a test, which is, which the, is same the same under thing. the program. Yeah. Um, so, the five that have resulted in consequences. That means there have been more. Right. Um, you know, not too long ago, we wouldn't even be talking about him coming back into the league. It would have been absurd to think that the Cowboys would tack a year on. Um, but the fact that they did restructure his deal this year, gave him a little more money up front, and then added a year, uh, I think means a couple things. One, it's a way to give him some money now. Uh, look, and he was gone for basically two years, so he didn't have a lot of money from that point. Uh, and two, it's a, it's it's certainly, while they have no control over this, it's certainly a strong indication that their belief is he'll be available for the 2019 season at some point. That this uh, that this slip was minor enough that he has been conscientious enough in his program, and he has hit so many um, of the obligations that that he has under this program that they feel he is genuinely and sincerely working toward his sobriety. So, you know that. They used to use the phrase, I don't know what it is now, but they used to say like acceptable slippage, uh, that, that everyone in, in rehabilitation is going to relapse at some point. But it's, it's acknowledging it that right away, getting back on the program. Uh, and apparently that, that ha- is what's happened here. That's what's continued to happen since this uh, negative test, which I believe was probably in January. So they have enough indication to see or reports on how he's responding that they feel good enough to, to do this. Um, yeah, like I said, um, I, I know everyone gets frustrated by this, and but the the analogy I like to, do, to, to use is that if if you leave your car out in a hailstorm and you have this sounds really good, I like this. This is good, and you have fifty dents in your car. Okay, you repair 25 dents. You can still tell that car's been out in a hailstorm, but you've made significant progress. Now you now you have take out 40 dents, but you still have 10 dents. I mean, this this is what you're dealing with in rehab. You uh, on the outside, you just stand back and you go, "Why can't this person get it right?" But that person has really made a lot of positive strides that you don't acknowledge. It's just not to the the finish line yet. Yeah, I. But but again, this is a sport. A this is a sport, not a rehab facility. Yeah, and uh, I understand all this. And now you I also just raise think it a gets into a much deeper conversation yeah. about society and, and marijuana use at this point in time. Um, well, it's been legalized across the country, and we're seeing lots of changes happening. Yeah. I, I, I think this is be one of those things that look back five years from now, ten I mean, years from now, and go. Yeah, what were they thinking back then? And I mean, I'm you know I'm hearing your words, um, and we're talking about addiction and positive steps and all of that. And I'm not so sure that, based on where we are as a society right now, that anybody would view this as. Uh, well, I mean, there are people who still will view it as as as, as an addiction. Yes, a lot of people, but 
I think where we are in, in society and what we've made what we've made available to people both recreationally and, and for medical for medical purposes, um, yeah, our mores are, are, are changing. Well, and, and again, where it gets complicated, and all almost all of these cases are complicated because this is just not a, a guy who loves to smoke weed. There are there are mental health issues with Randy Gregory. Um, he says he part of what he did was to medicate because and, and this isn't unusual when you have medication for manic depression or, or you know bipolar or some other things you don't like how the medication makes you feel because you feel you don't feel anything anymore you're used to these exaggerated swings now suddenly you don't feel anything and so you go off your medication and then you have these issues again and some people have found right or wrong that well marijuana helps medicate me more than these these pills and drugs that that I've been prescribed for this mental health condition so uh Randy by his own admission has has fallen into that that is part of it but but again now that's just interwoven with the mental health issues mm. and how do you take it out of the mental health issues you're dealing right. with and it is I, well, I mean, I, I my understanding is it, it's it's multiple mental health issues it's not just one which it, which also is an uncommon. I mean I look at it in a lot of ways in the same way that that baseball sh- looks at at things like Adderall and ADHD drugs and mm-hmm. you have to get what is is called a TUE which is a uh, yeah. an exception uh, to the policy because those are stimulants. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you've got that TUE, whether it's for a diagnosed ADHD situation or undiagnosed, as long as you get that TUE, you're okay to take those those medications. Mm-hmm. And I would think that the same principle could apply here to marijuana um, and, 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 and cannabis in, in general because we are seeing that there are some scientifically – uh, suggestible uh, benefits to its usage, particularly, like you said, for in a case like Randy Gregory, um, there are going to be there are people who have significant joint pain, um, no pun intended, but you know they get they get real benefit whether it's from edibles or from 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 smoking. Uh, I just think that it, it's something that that the league definitely needs that that all of the leagues need to look at and need to. To really study to to understand that uh, maybe maybe you do want to eliminate it strictly as a recreational um, choice, but medically there's, there's there a are lot some, of guys, yeah. especially in a sport like football, where you get so much contact yes. and so much pain, and this can relieve some chronic pain, according to some studies. That oh, Kevin's motioning me for. Are, are you motioning for me to get some weed? Yeah, get some weed. Yeah. Um, you know, Maybe you'd the, make more sense. The, Maybe you'd make more sense if I you just, were. If I, you I just weed. think that the just try to keep to, the microphone somewhere within your needs range to of your head. Move in that direction. Yeah. All right. Let's move on because we only got a short amount of time here. We got to move on. We got other things to do. Rather dismissive of Evan, but I sure. Was, well, sure. I'm always dismissive. Now, of Evan. now you can take the microphone as far yeah. away from your mouth yeah, yeah. as possible. There you go. That's Thank good. you. Perfect. Uh, Robert Quinn, uh, so he's a cowboy now. The only costume was a sixth-round draft choice. In 2020. In 2020. Not, not even this year. I, you know, this is the crazy thing about the NFL to me, all right, uh, is that you get a defensive end 
who had six six and a half sacks last year. Six and a half sacks and a half last year, and and, he, and and five and a half of those came in like the last last six weeks. Yeah, yeah. so he was really performing at a pretty high level. I realize he didn't fit with the Dolphins. With their, they're going to a three New four scheme, yeah, and he's a four three defensive end. Mm-hmm. I get all that, but you're getting a guy who people feel like if he got eight sacks this year, nine sacks, ten sacks, they wouldn't be surprised if if Demarcus Lawrence is playing on the other side. No, because of what he can do. This is a big time player you're getting for a sixth round draft choice, and you're going to pay him. Was it eight or nine million? He even took like a pay cut to come he over here because he got he got he was scheduled to make eleven point five million. Um, now he already got one point one five million from Miami on a roster bonus, right. which is why this deal took a little because that there's it was no coincidence the deal happened last Thursday because Wednesday he got the one point one five million from Miami. He needed to get that from Miami. So it's not on Dallas's books before yeah. the trade was going to be completed. So the next day, the trade's completed. They alter his contract, bring it down to $8 million, and they put in incentives that can get him back to just under nine. So now you add in the 1.15 you got. He actually is coming here for about 900000 less than what he's on the books for in Miami. Now, they were able to do this because you— he gets more guaranteed money. He already got the one point one five, and um, so so it's good for him. But it was, but but it was great for the Cowboys as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll say. And this was look, this was imperative to them this off season. If they hadn't made this move, uh, I think what they had done this off season uh, would not be close to what they needed to do. Because look, I, I still believe that. I know everyone's pointing to doom and gloom scenarios with the Marcus Lawrence. I, I just don't buy into that yet. I, I just think it's going to that is going to happen. Um, and but and you don't know when or if Randy Gregory is going to be back. And and you couldn't. And now you don't have a first round pick because you gave it for Amari Cooper. So you're sitting there in the fifties in the second round, going, well, we're going to have to take this pass rusher, even though. Everyone on the first two plateaus of our board are already gone. So now let's, we're going to have to dip down, but we have to have another body in the defensive line. So we're going to take a guy late second round who really is a fourth-round grade in our draft just because we have to have the position. Now, they, they don't have to do that. Right. I'm not ruling out that they would take uh, a pass rusher in the second well, round. I, I could see him doing it. But, but, yeah, I think now they've cleared the decks where – you know what? If there's a better safety there, we'll go safety. If there's a better defensive end there, we'll go defensive end, or or even defensive tackle. Can I uh, can I ask a question here? No. Um, well, he's going to go ahead and ask it anyway. He uh, asked the question. Why Why do you ask if you're if you're just going to blurt it out anyway? Yeah. Okay. But please go ahead. How difficult is it to grasp the NFL's salary structure? I don't think it's any more difficult than the other sports. I mean, they've all. They've all built in these exceptions and uh, workarounds that if you're not, if you just follow the sport casually, but aren't really invested day to day or are confusing. But, um, you know, now what NFL teams are doing, because they don't have guaranteed contracts, as many guaranteed contracts as the other sports. Um, Basically, the owners are screwing the NFL players, but that's what you need to know. Well, I mean, that's always been the case, but yeah. I, I just—it's it, it, so hard for me to to comprehend how salary caps are affected and effect is affected. 
no effective like how how they're how they're made and and how teams adhere to them well again it, it, it's a hard cap but 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 the workarounds are um okay example we just since we we're just talking about robert quinn you you bring him in right now he's at eight million and you say well he has incentive packages that can take him to nine million so why is he on the cap for eight million and not nine million? Right. Well, the incentive has to be. Um, it's based on what you have done, and it has to be above what you have done. So that he he got six sacks last year, so he gets his incentives start kicking in if he gets seven sacks or more, and it goes up from there. So you can bring him in at eight, put him on the cap at eight. And until he gets, you don't have to have the room to get him up to that next level until he gets close to seven sacks. Gotcha. So, so that's one way. The other, the signing bonus is what is the simplest way. And you give a guy a two-year contract with a ten million dollars signing bonus. Well, five million of that goes into each year, regardless. Right, sure. Yeah. And but now what NFL teams are doing, they're also they're not they don't have full guarantees. But they have partial guarantees. So um, you'll have a player who will have, um, if he's on the roster as of the start of the new year, March 21st or whatever, he will get a $4 million roster bonus. So he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't even have to report to camp. He gets that $4 million there. Sure. So, but that counts against the cap, does it not? You have, you have to plan for it. But this is why you see teams cut players because in the offseason because they don't want to they don't want to give them that bonus. Sorry, so, I, yeah. I, well, you really hijacked this conversation. We're trying to go fast. We're trying to get stuff done, and you're asking for a lesson on cap. Yes. Oh my gosh. All right. Getting back to the relevant stuff. Um, <laughs> so so uh, so the Cowboys have done a lot of good things here. I want to ask you one thing about on the wide receiver thing. This is interesting to me. So they traded the first round pick for Amari Cooper, which yes. I was all for that. I think it was a great move. Uh, Kevin wrote about that. Wrote about that a couple of times. And also, probably uh, as good as anybody was going to be in this draft in the first round. As uh, and I think oh you, no question if you look at the, no one no one will dispute that the wide receivers in this Amari Cooper would be the first wide receiver to go in this bunch yes he would and yeah. and and he was the fourth pick of the draft he came out in yeah and there may there may be only one maybe two wide receivers go in the first round I, I for all the noise that, that DK Metcalf made uh, with his unbelievable running a four three he's the size of a house he's run, got a forty inch vertical. People are saying, I don't know if he's really – he's more like in the 35 range. They're making mm-hmm. it sound like he might not even be a first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I think it's interesting that for everybody who was panicking about that move and that it was too much to give up for this guy, yeah, that they would – if they had not traded for Amari Cooper, first of all, they wouldn't have made the playoffs, I don't think. No, they would not have. Uh, and secondly – they would have been. Uh, would have a different coach here now too. I think you would have seen a lot of changes. So a lot if of people would made those. So Malabia would have been fine. In some <laughs> That's right. But you would have. But but the point is, is that you you still would have needed a, a wide receiver in this draft, and you would not have got a guy as good as Amari Cooper, who was 24 years old last year. No, you'd be you'd be you'd be looking at where you were sitting in the draft. Which, if they hadn't gotten Amari Cooper, I think certainly would have been in the first. 15 picks yeah or in, in that area 15 18 if you want to say say there um you would have been sitting there 
talking yourself into how you really like this receiver. Right. Or you're looking at, okay, let's move back where we can still get them and acquire something else. Yeah. But it's not something you would sit there and go, wow, we need to be in this position because we have a chance at this guy. And, and they said that at the time, too. They said they had studied it. They did not feel there was a receiver in the first or even upper half of the second round that they felt really good about, which is what they felt it was such a wide receiver desert at the top mm-hmm. uh, that it made no sense to wait. If you had to wait, you're actually going to wait another year to pick one up in the draft. So yeah. that's why you do this now. And again, Cooper, at the age of 24, uh, is is really really beneficial for them. Well, plus he's he's experienced. And yeah, he's been in the league for four years. He's twenty four years old. Yeah, and he's a three time Pro Bowler now. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. All right, uh, that is our abbreviated Cowboys podcast. I'm sorry we have to do this, but we have to move on. Uh, we, we would have had a lot more good stuff if Evan hadn't gotten involved in this podcast. Uh, but anyway, that's just what happens sometimes. Sometimes things are unavoidable, and uh, you know that's just what happens. Like a like a like, like an accident on a freeway. Sometimes it's just unavoidable. And that's now he's distracted I, again. Yeah. Now he's gone back. I, I think that, we've lost him. That's how I would describe Evan. It's like a like a ten car pileup. I don't I don't really get distracted so much <laughs> as I just ignore Kevin. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it for our Cowboys podcast. Make sure you tune into to also our our Rangers podcast, which we talked about pitching and hitting. Uh, which is what they do. And now we're going to have Tim Brando on to talk about in the Final Four. And stadiums. We talked about that as well. Yeah. So for everybody in here and everybody out there, thanks, and we'll see you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.